0: the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society and welcome to Think Bike, a podcast about all things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness in Alberta. We would like to talk about everything motorcycle related and bring you great guests to share their stories. So thanks for tuning in. On today's podcast, we are going to be discussing the 2023 lineup that is out there in the absence of the traditional motorcycle shows, I should say, with our special guest, Patrick Lambie from Inside Motorcycles. How are you today?
1: I am very well, thank you. How are you?
0: I am fantastic. Now, we missed you last year, so I'm just going to put this out there, and if you are you know, wanting to do this, I think that you need to be our first guest every year just to help us out in the absence of all of the motorcycle shows.
1: We can do that.
0: Excellent. That, uh, that makes me happy because you are the man with all of the knowledge. What is new at Inside Motorcycle since we last chatted?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, we're, uh, we're busy as ever. You know, right now our team is literally traveling the world uh, to test bikes and, bring readers all kinds of stories. Um, You know, we continue to focus on print, which is a big deal in today's industry, but um, our readers uh, tell us that's what they like. Um, At the same time this past year, we've uh, started to look a lot more at the online environment, you know, expanding our website, focusing on social media, bringing in some writers who do nothing but online content. So it's evolving, but also staying true to the, uh, the tradition, because this year is our 25th anniversary, so we are um, sticking with what we have done for all those years.
0: 25 years that's crazy Canadian Canadian Canadian-based motorcycle magazine 25 Mm -hmm. years out there that that's awesome and for those of you out there listening who may or may not know our monthly content creator for the news on our our website Bruce Thomas is one of your writers as well correct
1: that is correct Bruce is our travel writer and he um Gosh, I think one year he rode almost 80,000 kilometers in one season. Um, he's been a little slower the last couple of years. He had to, you know, go and get a new hip and stuff like that. But even that didn't slow him down. You'll read lots of stuff from Bruce this year.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, he's such a great guy and we're both lucky to have somebody like that with so many experiences and such a passion for riding, um, now, let's, let's get into this because although we have had a couple of uh, community motorcycle shows that have popped up in the absence of uh, the big MMIC shows, we still don't get the full booth of the big OEMs. And you are in the inside knowledge, no pun intended, of uh, kind of what's new. So anything exciting in 2023 that we should be looking at?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, overall, probably the first comment is the European the European manufacturers are really the ones who continue to kind of lead the way. Um, you know, no disrespect meant, but Harley's been kind of slow to come out with new models, um, just a lot of uh, rebadging. Um, even when you look at their 23 lineup, you know, they brought back a bike called the Breakout, it's a bike that was out before. They just reintroduced it. Um, it's their hundred twentieth anniversary, so they've got a lineup of bikes that are all you know, limited edition, but they're they're still the same bikes. Um, so that's hopefully we'll see more from them as the year continues. Um, like most manufacturers, the last few years they're getting later and later on introducing their lineups. You know, Harley was just I think January eighteenth. They rolled out their 23 lineup, which if you were to go back a few years, that would have been October 18th kind of thing. So it is a trend. Um, You know, Ducati as an example, you know, this year they've revamped their Scrambler lineup, which is kind of their entry level or entry pointing to not only Ducati, but motorcycling. So that's got a complete revamp. Um, You know, they've come out with a, a rally version of their Multistrata before. And they've also updated like their V4R, which is their top shelf race bike with all the MotoGP tech in it. Um, you know, BMW has started to um, take the M lineup, which is big in their car world, and they've introduced it into motorcycles. So this year they've got their second M model, the M1000R. Um, BMW, it's their hundredth anniversary from when they introduced their first motorcycle, the R32. So, they have some limited edition bikes uh, this year as well. Um, You know, and they've also updated their top shelf sport bike this year. So, you know, they're, and it's not surprising when you look at not only this year, but what they've done previous years. Both BMW and Ducati had record sales in 2022, uh, the most bikes they've ever sold. So, the fact that they are putting effort into developing new models, trying to expand their customer base. Um, It's showing, you know, when you look at the whole KTM family, so KTM, Husqvarna, GasGas, you know, they continue to evolve their products. They continue to lead not only, you know, the off-road and enduro segments, but they're also really pushing hard on uh, the world of electric motorcycles. And throughout their brands, they've brought in, a number of electric bikes um, that are actually targeted at um, junior riders. So literally, you know, when you want to get your five-year-old on a motorcycle, well, an electric is a pretty easy way to start because you can really dial in the power that they're going to have. So yeah, that's kind of, you know, in a nutshell, like that'd be my big comment is the European brands are really continuing to lead the way. Um, You know, Yamaha has... With some new things, but you know, a lot of it again, you know, they updated their MT07, which is you know, a great bike, but haven't really changed it that much, you know, just a better screen, some different colors, so a lot of rebadging and updating. Um, Kawasaki brought out um, the KLX 230 in a, a lowered version, which is actually brilliant because you know, there's so many people who don't go off road riding because you know, the The seat height is, you know, 36 inches and, you know, they just, they struggle. So that was kind of neat to see that come out. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of, for those of you who don't get to go to the shows, that's kind of what you would be seeing.
0: Is there any new kind of technology? I know Yamaha last year had a model out that had a whole bunch of cool tech on it. And uh, with Yamaha Alberta as one of our corporate members, I've been asked to take it out as a demo and i just didn't end up getting time and hopefully this year i will but there was some really good uh, we had a tech on end of last year the season uh talking about all the technology of more than just braking but like ride assist stuff have you seen that on any other models this year
1: yeah there's um the big things that were happening the last couple of years were almost taking stuff from car technology. So cruise control that adapts to traffic around you, um, the lane assist warning, you know, the thing flashing on your mirror. Um, A lot of companies have that now um, and it's starting to make its way more broadly into their lineups. There's still more premium type products. Um, Kawasaki um, this year on their H2SX actually has um, an adaptive headlight. They've always had the one that will adapt to how you turn, but now the high beams will automatically come on and come off, which again, you know, takes more from the automotive that's been around for a number of years. But so that's a big thing. Um, you know, a couple of years ago when Harley brought in the um, Pan America, the big thing on that was the automatic lowering of the suspension, how I talked about like Kawasaki with the KLX, um, this allowed people to people like me who are not tall, um, to ride the bike without having to lower it. Um, but as you started to come to a slower speed or a stop, it would literally just very gently drop down about an inch and a half, which suddenly allowed, you know, you can get a firm foot on the ground. You're not dancing on your toes at a traffic light or whatever. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but the uh, the multi strata Rally, the V4 Rally, um, has similar technology, but they've also, and again, I haven't seen it, they've introduced technology that will help you get it off the side stand. Um, so it's going, because that's the other thing. Some of these bikes are so heavy. If you're not, even with Harley, like if you're not a big person, getting a full-size, you know, road glide or something off the stand, it can be a lot of work, um, and then you know again if your feet are on shaky ground, it can have not good results. So um, I'm interested to see this Ducati tech, how they've added this technology to help you get it off the side stand. Um, so yeah, there's lots of great tech. The um, all the rider assists can tend to become more and more broadly available. Um, you know, five years ago. Even ABS was like a premium uh, thing. Now pretty much every bike coming out has ABS and lean sensitive ABS. So it's actually taking into account the lean angle of the bike if and when it does intervene. Um, Same thing with traction control. So the technology has definitely continues there. But the nice thing is seeing it get more broadly available um, right down to what are essentially entry level bikes at this point.
0: In your opinion, do you think all of this, because we see sometimes in vehicles, all this driver assist technology is is sometimes making drivers complacent, which is a safety concern for us on the roads. Do you feel that, um, in your opinion only, um, do you think these rider assist options are a help or a hindrance
1: A lot of people have debated that. Um, I tend to be on the fence about it. Um, You know, when you're riding on the street, to me, any kind of assistance that you can have, whether it's ABS, so that if you do hit um, a patch of gravel or something, that it it won't allow you to lock up the wheels. Um, You know, traction control will keep, again, if you're on gravel or something, it won't let the back end slide out. Um, anything like that, that keeps you safer, I think is fantastic. Um, a lot of people argue and they use the example of, um, backup cameras and cars, um, for people like me who are older, you know, we grew up where you had to turn and look over your shoulder, um, and be much more aware. Um, I don't think motorcycles are at that point yet. And I am a big fan in the world of competition, um, you know, I learned how I spend a lot of time on the racetrack, um, and I learned that on a bike with no electronics, which I think is really good because then your electronics are really your right hand and the throttle. You are your own electronics, so I think it's good to have those skills. But once you have them, those skills can make a big difference in your safety. So it's I think it doesn't. You still have to know how to ride, and you need to take the time. To really invest in learning to ride.
0: Well, I know how leany my uh, scrambler is, and then of course, I, as you say, I'm dancing on my toes. So that technology of assist of getting something off of the side stand, especially when it looks like your motorcycle's leaning at a 45 degree angle. Or, you know, the the auto lowering, things like that for us, people who are um, vertically challenged uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> might might appreciate that. So in the last few years through the pandemic, let's just uh, change topics a little bit, because I feel you might be in the know of this too. Supply chain was a huge issue, and I know we kind of touched on it when you were with us on season one. Do you feel that the supply chain is calming down a bit to the point where you don't have to order six months in advance and your stuff might come in a few weeks or are we still seeing delays?
1: You no, know, we're still I guess before the challenge was there was like this um perfect storm. Um there were problems with silicone. Um so they couldn't get all the chips because you know even the most basic motorcycle now is full of little chips and um so that really caused a lot of delays. Um, and then just challenges with shipping and everything. Um, but it coincided with demand for motorcycles exponentially growing. Like I was just looking at the, uh, the MMIC statistics and 2021 was like a banner year. Like nationwide, it was over 70,000 units, which is up from historically kind of 60,000 Um, You know, and then 2022 went down a bit, but it's still a high volume. Um, So it's kind of the perfect storm. I think the reality when I talk to different people, what the anticipation is, and these aren't from manufacturers, they're just just regular people. Um, I think with interest rates, um, people's disposable income going down, um, you know, people's mortgage payments taking more of their uh, income, Demand is probably going to tail off a little bit, um, and that with, you know, some recovery in the um, whole supply chain issue should help things calm down, but there are definitely still, um, even with tires, um, you know, I tend to pre-order tires at the beginning of the season just because you don't want to run out um, of tires, and then suddenly you're going like, oh, you know, we've got to work at a track day tomorrow and I don't have tires and you go to the, you know, the shop and they don't have any. So, um, hopefully the two things are going to coincide. Um, you know, it's unfortunate because it's great to see the demand, um, for the motorcycle industry. Um, you know, I do know I was, I was out of town, but I heard that the show here in town, um, this past weekend was really well attended, you know, so the, the culture and the, uh, social aspect is definitely alive. So it's great to see more and more people coming in. So I don't mean to be a, a downer when I say that, you know, I think just general economic conditions are going to slow that down a bit. Um, so we'll see. It, it's really, it's a bit of a wait and see. I know we tend to get a lot of motorcycles um, shipped out to Western Canada to test. And in the past couple of years, the bikes were sold before we ever got them. like it would be like, you know, here's a bike, take it and test it, but be good to it because somebody already owns it kind of thing. And so it's definitely different. I do notice um, showrooms have a lot more product in them right now. Um, I was just up in Edmonton at Argyle Cycle a couple weeks ago, and um, they had a lot of bikes, but they also had a lot of sold signs on them. So um, it'll just depend if they can keep the bikes coming in as quick as they need them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess that could be our one one of our silver linings from having a global pandemic was the inability to go anywhere caused everybody to find a new hobby. And Mm -hmm. it really certainly picked up in our industry. What has been your most favorite adventure as of late in all this fun stuff you get to do?
1: Um, Well, actually, the trip I just came back from because we went down to California um, we drove, which wasn't a fun part of the adventure. But, um, you know, we spent three days at uh, track in uh, Chuckwalla, in the very south of California um, with Jason Pridmore, who's a well, um, well-known well uh, racer, and now he coaches. So we spent time um, with his team. Um, you know, it was kind of fun when you're I forget it was Saturday night, you know, we're sitting in his garage watching Supercross, and you've got guys like Jake Semke just walks in, um, so it's kind of a neat thing. So yeah, we we get lots and lots of adventures, um, and they're they're fun. You know, it's uh, it's a good job. Um, I have no complaints. <laughs>
0: I wonder how we can get that job. Um, <laughs> one last question for you. Sure. This is this is something that I'm throwing out to the odd guest here and there, creating a theme for this season. Um, we want to kind of talk a little bit more about hard lessons uh, learned in your riding career. What would be one thing that you would want people to know to avoid uh, like a catastrophe or a major incident? What's something you've learned along the way personally?
1: Well, I mean, for me, the last couple of years, I have had a couple accidents at the racetrack. Um, and certainly the first one was hundred percent my fault. Um, it was cold tires on a cold morning, um, and just not paying attention. Um, but out of that, what came for me was realizing that I wasn't in the physical shape for what I needed to be. Um, you know, so I've spent the last year and a half really focused on making sure that you've got you know the core strength and everything. And maybe that's not as important if you're cruising on a a big cruiser or something I think it is because I struggle with how heavy they are but um, others may differ but you know if you're out riding on trails or whatever being physically fit is really important Um, and making sure that you uh, ride within the conditions is probably a big learning from that one
0: excellent that is all amazing advice I think uh, staying in shape is always good this is Yes, a hobby, pastime, a passion, a love, but it is actually a sport. You do Mm -hmm. use a lot of muscles and you do use a lot of, you know, intensity of a thought and like your mental and physical well-being should be first and foremost.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well. Awesome. You are our first guest of season three. So thank you so much again, Patrick, for helping us kick off season three and all this great information about the 2023 lineup and uh, your adventures and some advice. I really appreciate the time you take for us.
1: No problem. It's my pleasure.
0: Okay, so as we talked about at the end of last season and on our season opener for this year, we're trying something new this year just to add to the show, and it is a mailbag. It's just a general mailbag. It's questions that you guys have that are not an entire episode, but still deserve a credible answer. So we're going to kick that off on our first mailbag question, which is one that is all over the socials that... I'm not going to give one single person a credit for because it is everywhere. So I just kind of pulled it. Want to talk about it. Changes in graduated driver's licensing for 2023. So as you all have heard, starting in spring of 2023, the GDL license is changing. It's not going away. And that is a misconception. People think that GDL is being dropped as a whole. It's not. If you are a brand new driver um, and you get your class five, you're still on a GDL. If you go from a seven straight to a six before you get to the five, you're still on a GDL for two years. Here's the change. And this is a big one the exams for your class five and class six to get your GDL license will be a little bit longer. But to compensate for that and to lower the costs in the red tape to get off of your GDL program, you no longer have to take an advanced road test on either five or six to lose that GDL designation. What you have to be is clean of any infractions in the previous 12 months. If at 24 months you have had nothing in the fr- in the last 12 months on your license for infractions, they will automatically drop your GDL and they will send you a letter that you can go and update your license for uh, just class five or class five, six, no GDL designation. If you have an infraction, they will extend the GDL until you are 12 months free of any type of infraction. If you have any questions about that, feel free to email the government. Oh, hey, I was, I was going to ask,
1: is that from Veronica in Beaumont? <laughs> Is that from Stanley and (laughs) Forsby? Like, oh, is Okay, I I got you. This is
0: from everybody everywhere because it is one of the hottest topics on socials and a lot of misinformation out there about GDL going away, period. And it's not. It's not. It's just the advanced road test to get off. You no longer have to pay that fee and do that test if you have 12 months infraction free.
1: So that's not from Aaron in Airdrie? It could be. Okay. I just, I just throwing them out there. (laughs) I'm just going to go back to doing what I do. You carry on. You're doing great for this first show.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Okay. So if, if you have questions about this and I'm not the expert, I'm just giving you the answer. And I am literally reading this from the government of of Alberta website. If you have a question about GDL and how this works, you can either talk to registries directly or, Better yet, go straight to the horse's mouth. Licensing improvements at gov.ab.ca. Again, licensing improvements at gov.ab.ca.
1: Oola and Okotoks. Sure. Okay.
0: We, I think we got them all. I, yeah, well, maybe
1: think, not. I, I anyway. There, there's <laughs> Thanks, Leslie <Grant>. and Lethbridge. <laughs> Terrence and Tabor.
0: Oh my God, Never we're mind. on... I don't even remember what those are called.
1: What? what When you
0: use the same letters.
1: Uh, Isn't it alliteration?
0: Yes. Okay. Thank you you very much. All right. Great. (laughs) I do motorcycles, not grammar. Um, (laughs) Anyway. That is a wrap on our show for today. So to make sure that you don't miss out on any of our upcoming podcasts or listen to previous ones, we do have two previous seasons, make sure you click on subscribe or follow wherever you get yours. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover, a guest you think would be great on the show or a question for our, for our new mailbag segment, if I can say that, uh, let us know. You can connect to us with on, on, within all of the socials. Email us at info at ab-amss.org or reach out through our website at ab-amss.org. Always remember to ride smart, ride safe, and think bike. We will see you out on the road.